cricket Dreaming about a premiership cup We love our clubs but they never win Two flags in 100 years That shit house if you think we'll be insightful Clever or just well researched to say that's not the case We'll just go out and wing it We are Two Guys, One Cup Hello and welcome to Two Guys, One Cup Summer Edition My name is Charlie Clawson And this is a series called My Club And this week we have a very special guest uh, Actor and writer and producer Ian Meadows He's a mad West Coast Eagle supporter And uh, it was very interesting talking to Ian Because I can't think of another team in the league that has uh, changed so much in my estimation. I used to hate the Eagles, but in the last 10 years or so, I've found myself with a lot of affection. So I was hoping Ian could shed some light on that. So um, let's get to it, ladies and gentlemen, Ian Meadows. Ian, thank you so much for doing the show. Charlie, it's a pleasure. It's funny, if you'd asked me like, I don't know, 15 years ago, would I enjoy talking to a West Coast Eagles supporter? about football i probably would have said no but as i've discussed with you off air i think that the eagles have had a real kind of transformation of image in the last 10 years would you agree yeah and i'm, I'm happy to um to turn your opinion around mate well, it's not you personally an ambassador. No, I'll, no i'll take it on board no, <laughs> I, I know i'm a really great uh, example of what can be achieved if, by a west coast supporter if you really just put the hard work in and um, <laughs> and stop behaving the way that uh, yeah the Eagles behaved in like uh, mid the mid two thousand and uh, you know um, was a was an interesting time for the Eagles. Well, it's interesting when I when I talked to Scott Dooley, who's a Collingwood supporter. I was interested to know like knowing Scott's personality and knowing your personality to support a team that is kind of such a monolith, like such a big team that is not like a bully of the AFL, but you are a big powerhouse team. But I know that you know. You're someone who's very empathetic. You know, you Thank like you to sort of see both sides. Has that been hard for you to kind of reconcile, sort of like yeah, barracking for such a... <laughs> Back then, it was just sort of the one side that we were just kind of bad. And then it turns out probably kind of cheating in the end. Um, yeah, yeah, it was... Um, you just had to embrace the bad boy image. You know, once half the team got, you know, arrested for crashing their car and leaving it somewhere along the Quinana Freeway mm. um, every other week, you know, you kind of just had to... You take on take on board the fact that that's that's who we were that's that's who we were <laughs> and we ran with it so from someone who's someone from wa like yeah i'm really interested to know what it's like to to barrack for a team in like a two horse town yeah. or even a one horse town like is it was it a case of in the mid 2000s they just had carte blanche like that they just were un- untouchable I, I reckon it was like i i actually when I was at um, uni, like I was mad for it growing up. Like they came into the competition when I was about four years old, three right. years old. So it was just m- my whole life. I was like, well, this team came to existence, obviously, because I needed an AFL team. Yeah, that's clearly. Right. And so this is what they've created. There's a child who needs an AFL this team. Is quick stat. <laughs> um, let's get Glenn Denning onto this. And, <laughs> um, and so, and then, you know, they were winning, winning premierships by the time I was, I was nine years old. That was prime like premiership right. uh, winning, winning time. And then, yeah, when I, but, but it's so, it's so obsessive over there that, that it became, it's just sort of all encompassing. It's like, there's basically like six page wraparound of the West Australian every weekend. It's like a grand final spread, but just for the Eagles, this is before obviously the Dockers came in. Mm. So it was mad then. And then once the Dockers were in, it was, 
just across the board kind of coverage and these guys just were you know they were, they were big time personalities rock and roll stars mate. yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they like these these were the guys and then you know when you when you add in like ben cousins kind of uh pedigree into that like mm. afl royalty plus the looks plus the the media the savvy yeah exactly it just went went nuts and so i actually weirdly during that time kind of early 2000s, I, I just got, I couldn't kind of deal with it. Like right. it, was just, it was just too much. So I actually didn't... I didn't while you were still living in... While I was still yeah. over there. Yeah. It was really only when I came over to Sydney that I got back into it. There was a bit of oxygen and I could yeah. kind of like... I, I, I was sort of the weird one who followed AFL, which luckily coincided with that. Well, unluckily in 2005 when, you know, the 2005, 2006 when we were like... Us and the Sydney. rivalries, yeah. yeah, and I think played six games of like still like the record lowest, lowest margin less than a, between less two. than a goal or something, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like thirteen points over six games. Yeah, and then we played those prelims in the grand final. Was like and just switched around those two years. So it kind of coincided me like getting back into the 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 AFL and the Eagles over that time was um, coincided well with with that. But you know, as we found out in the years subsequent. There were some issues. Yeah. Well, let's go back to, uh, you know, your birth. <laughs> Please. Your birth and the birth of the Eagles. It was a cloudy day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm interested. I'm always interested talking to people about how, um, you know, they chose their team. Was it a family thing? Were you allowed to individually choose? Do your siblings barrack for a different team? My, yes, my sister is, as you will, your listeners may note, is Narrowly Meadows, who's a prominent AFL uh, journalist. And she has been the Dockers since they came into the competition. Was she so Eagles prior to that? She was, but she was pretty... So she was born in 85. So she was, again, she was like prime kind of... Um, it's just propaganda. She succumbed to the propaganda. <laughs> you know, there was purple everywhere. She loves purple. Yep. She was quickly, you know, in love with, you know... There was Tony Modra came along at the right time. Yeah. Um, so she, she's free out. My dad was a really good footy player. And he didn't sort of play at any, he just sort of played um, in, in local competitions. He lived down the wheat belt, his sort of farming family, but was a really good sort of wingman. And he, he grew up kind of screaming at the TV. He was the most placid man, he still is the most placid man. The, the most, he, he famously, the most he's ever berated me and my friends or my siblings was at 3am. We're like, you know, jumping in the pool and, and being idiots. And he comes out and he says, come on, guys, knock it off. <laughs> That's the most angry he gets. That's the most angry he ever got, except when he's watching AFL, the way he tears down, <laughs> the way he'll scream, you know, at, at um, uh, I'm trying to think of like the players that most got his, that most got his go. But yeah, the, the way he would sort of, you know, go off at these players was something like- Carl Langdon? Langdon Cop a few yeah yeah i mean they were a pretty solid team i was trying to think like there aren't weren't many uh, whipping boys from that that 90s team because again they were a real powerhouse yeah you know? that's right and they were all real hard workers like between the material lamb main wearing yeah kemp like such workman like players mm. worst fold all the guys that dad kind of loved so i think it was like that that got us all on board those kind of players yeah um, and then, yeah, so, so I, I got into it and my uncles were massive Subiaco waffle, waffle fans. Right. And so Subiaco had run through the team and I think because, you know, the Eagles went and played at Subiaco and that was their home base and they kind of, yeah, There's enough think, links. Yeah. I think those, those links kind of caused the, yeah, the family to, to jump on board. But I think it was just Australia, um, WA wide, like most people, if they didn't have their set team, like yeah. they were just ready to jump on that. Well, my brother-in-law and my nephew, who are uh, both live in Perth, are hardcore Eagles supporters. And 
they say a similar thing, which is like, well, it was more like a stateside initially. Yeah. You know, and and, and there was this kind of sense. I mean, it's not a, I'm not sure if it's a chip on their shoulder, but there is this sense of pride in being a Western Australian and seeing for so many years, like the top end Western Australian talent go and play for Victorian sides. And the only, the only kind of bragging rights you get would be in the state of origin. But as that became less and less of a thing, and you know the, the the national competition became more prominent, then it makes sense that you would be like, well, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm from WA, so this is my team. Fremantle has to go and stuff the whole thing up. Yeah, 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 it's <laughs> ruined it for everyone. Exactly. Yeah, I think I think too because they had the because um, they got most of their players from the waffle. It was yeah. like, it, you know, all those arguments they must have had about the well, our waffle sided, you know, all those kind of theoretical arguments. Yeah. You haven't stated the best origin, GFL take on the, yeah. exactly. Yeah, you know, they had the, the cables and the Glendennings and stuff, but. They finally had a chance, I think, to go. Yeah, well, we can. We'll make finals in our first couple of years and win a premiership within five years. And that's pretty incredible. Like when you think about it, if especially if you look at the new expansion clubs like Gold Coast or um, you know uh, 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 GWS. I mean, even Port Adelaide. It took them about ten years. Yeah, it took them ten years, but they haven't done it since. But the Eagles have won what three flat four flags. Yeah, four flags in twenty something years, which is yeah. 34, which, I mean, of course. I'm 34 years? I'm, they've right been in the competition. I'm 37 now. Can't, no, not can't be. I, Of course, yeah. Because yeah, they 34. 37. So oh I, like, Holy I just sh- lost an entire decade of my life. That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah, in that second. But that, I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. Like, even with this, the Swans, you sort of say, well, they had that sort of South Melbourne tradition. To, to build a team yeah. from scratch, Adelaide have won two. Yeah. That's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, Fremantle still... Yeah, yeah and, quite get there. and I think it's too, it's just the, the players that you've had because um, uh, Titus O'Reilly, when he did this show talking about Melbourne and we sort of talked about how Melbourne has been thereabouts before their kind of dark days of the last 10 years. You know, they played finals and they played grand finals. But Titus is saying, if you look at those finals teams, they didn't really have any superstars like what David Neitz, Adam Uze. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. they're, they're okay. They're good players, but they're mm. not superstars. Whereas... Yeah. I can't really think of a generation of Eagles teams that haven't had at least, you know, a couple of superstars, like yeah. absolute standouts. Yeah, that's right. Like a Matera or a, yeah, Cousins or Judd or some at the same time. Yeah. yeah. It's, no, it's it's pretty, they've been pr- pretty, well, I don't know, I guess savvy, savvy recruiting. I mean, in those early days, I guess there were different like re- recruiting kind of zones or something. Zones and stuff. So they just got their pick of the bunch with the waffle, which. Well, it's all, know, that's always the rumor about handy. the Eagles, isn't it? Is that they find some guy out in a bush league or something and they'll just bury him. Like, they'll just like hide I mean, and put him in a compound somewhere. Got, it's it's a good, there's, there's a decent front line there. As you say, like, you know, they were called the West Coast Eagles for a reason. How much West Coast is there? Yeah. 6,000 kilometers. <laughs> you know, poor like Fitzroy and Carl and get about like you know 12 square k's or whatever yeah (laughs) and then um you you know you screw but we got yeah a lot of is there's yeah there's there's a lot of i mean it's amazing when a player like a buddy franklin goes to an eastern state team isn't it like seriously how how could you let him go yeah i know he's too big to hide anywhere he's six foot seven yeah can run 100 meters in 10 seconds that's it that's what we put the hard border in now this is all just been that's what (laughs) it is all the hikes just to get Stop, guys. You can go over, but you'll never come back. So, yeah. So, when you were a kid, like, who was the who was the first player that really captured your imagination? Like, did you have a number on your back, or? Well, Pete, I, I wanted to be Pete, like Peter Matera, but yeah. I was just never really fast or skillful, skillful enough, really. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say bold it. enough. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Thanks. Um, yeah, no, no, oh, the baldness yeah. is that like, I'm working yeah, yeah. on, but that's right. Workmanlike was again was was my I just one percenters was was my kind yeah. of girl. Um, yeah, no, like, no, you're talking to a dower left foot halfback <laughs> flanker, uh, big big on heart, not a body not on the skills. line. Yeah, exactly. coaches awards. Yeah, coaches GOP. Awards, right? <laughs> Stick around at training afterwards. But never Role quite. player. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah, utility. Um, so there were the materials. But uh, of the of the team, I'm trying to think. Like you know, Craig Turley was the guy. Who I was, was just, just going like, to say, you know, the, the flowing locks. He looked like a up. surfer. I mean, that's the great thing about the Eagles too. Is whenever I think of the Eagles, I always think of like preseason comp, and they are always so bloody tanned. Like yeah. they are the yeah, most tanned. Yeah, right. Maybe the Gold Coast now, but you know, yes. historically, it's always been the Eagles. They always come back from you know preseason looking so tanned and yeah, so blonde. That's it. That must have. I think that was yeah. Maybe that was part of their part of their problem just the, yeah. the, the chad fletchers and the you know just it is an issue all, though isn't it with like players sneaking off to go surfing and stuff like that seems to be a distinctly western australian issue right. apart from the risk of melanoma it's <laughs> yeah and covid now that's right. wasn't that fife off surfing when he should have been in lockdown is that right yeah. yeah yeah i mean you know if you're gonna if you're gonna skip quarantine i guess then that's one thing and i think do. this is part of my problem i just never had the surfing i just never had the skin tone right yeah you were never yeah you look i had the worst much more like a melbourne skin. footballer yeah. That's right, me and Dean Kemp and <laughs> just skinny, pasty guys who had to, yeah, make their way. McKenna, maybe. McKenna was next level paleness. Yeah. But he was, again, just hard-nosed. And so were you drilled as a, as a young kid to hate Victorian clubs or to have a chip on your shoulder? Or No, weirdly. I mean, actually, I didn't start playing until I was like 14 because my in the town I grew up in, there was a big kind of... Um, Italian and, and Polish uh, communities. And so football was, soccer was huge. And my uncle, so my mum came out from England when she was 10 years old. And so my uncles who were big influencers and sporting influencers on me were all like massive Liverpool fans. Right. And, and so they got into AFL or the VFL, but they were massive Carlton fans. Mm. So they were, uh, so Carlton was always, it was like they big Subiaco, but then Carlton. So they hated the Eagles. They've always hated right, the Eagles and just loved Carlton. So we also, that, that, that was the big rivalry in the family. You know, it was always sort of the Silvanis and the, and, and Kernahans and stuff, you know, were, were pitted against the Eagles. And so yeah. they played, that was the big family rivalry. Um, so 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 I actually played soccer, but I was a goalkeeper, and so the the transition was a little easy because all my mates were playing, except for like the, the one friend were playing AFL, and they were always like, "Come play AFL, play AFL," and so I I gave it a go one day, and I was just like in love with it. I'm like, it was like goal because the thing I liked about goalkeeping was when you got that opportunity to run out at people or yeah. like throw it, dump into a pack, but the opportunity to sort of just like throw yourself recklessly into people or tackle or, you know, do, do whatever you were doing as a 14-year-old. Mm. But when a small country town was like, that was just like heaven. So I was sort of hooked hooked at that point. But yeah, it was all soccer and and, weird, and hockey before before that. Mm. And then, but then I was in, I was sort of mad, mad AFL from, from then on. Yeah. And so do you think like culturally in terms of supporters, there is a difference between the different kind of states like Victoria oh, versus South yeah. Australia versus WA versus Sydney? Yeah, we're Sydney. so annoying. Like I, I really see how annoying we are now. Like that, that one artist <laughs> of, of like having the privilege of having a, you know, 60,000 seats all filled by your supporters. Yeah. 
is just unnatural. It's just it's it's it's, it's a bubble. Strange. It's you, a real you, bubble. You guys pioneered the bubble before it's there was a, a bubble. bubble. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which is I think where the kind of like the the weird sort of the, you know the controversies around the booing and then that kind of stuff has come from. I just think we don't quite realize what it is. To sort of, yeah, you know, we don't realize there are other supporters in Australia. You know, you get you go to a game here. It's great. You kind of get that match of you know sides and obviously some sides have. It's an, it's an interesting it. point you bring up. I mean, we should just rip the band-aid off and talk about the Adam's Goods things because, you know, that's where the booing started was that game, uh, you know, against the Eagles. And mm. again, like talking to my Perth friends, Eagles supporters, um, you know, a lot of them, their defence was that thing of, no, 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 we're not booing him because he's Aboriginal. We're booing him because we boo everyone. And I think that legitimately some people were doing that. Mm. What we have come to see now and realise is that, yeah, but that booing was giving cover to genuine racism. You know, yeah. if there's anything that's come yeah. out of those two great documentaries about Adam Goods, yeah, is that that's what was happening. But, yeah. you know, I think that there there is an argument to be made that, yeah, like they're an entirely partisan crowd you know i've yeah. gone to games at subiaco and you know i've got to admit the area i was sitting in they're very nice to me but it was incredibly condescending <laughs> like yeah, yeah. it was when the saints finished bottom of the ladder and we were absolutely no threat mm. but you know it, it uh, you know as someone who grew up in you know going to the suburban grounds in melbourne like victoria park and windy hill and you know western oval and stuff it's very reminiscent of that enemy territory feeling when you go in like that kind of feeling where you are outnumbered like five to one, you know? Yeah, yeah or yeah, <laughs> 60,000 to one or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be a, a, a huge advantage. Like, Oh, massive. And I think they're the, the, the team that's won, has the best winning at home percentage. Right. Not just, I, I think this is right, not just kind of over the course of their career, but if you, if you look at it in averages, if you break it down over the course of the entire sort of AFL, AFL history, I think theirs is the highest. Right. Which yeah makes sense with a mixture of that list and that and that travel like I can't yeah you know like I mean that's a thing it's not really an advantage when you take into account that sure so they get eleven games or whatever it is at home but then there's eleven games on on that's the right, road where they do the reverse and I don't sure. know about you but I always find that trip back from WA to be yeah. a killer that's yeah, the that's the that hard is. one so the games where they're playing away yeah. <laughs> that's the that's where the, the hard ones like they're, yeah. they're facing that weird sort of jet laggy type yeah. feeling. And I think it's those teams that have, like the teams that have won flags, even if they haven't, there's been teams in other years, I think, that have been kind of on paper better or have had less injuries or whatever. Mm. But it feels like those teams that kind of at some point in the season get a real confidence boost. You know, like in 2018, I think there was that game against the Pies at the MCG <clears throat> where they, they gunned it and won by sort of 30 points or whatever. And I think those big confidence boost wins, mm. they kind of go, oh, we, we can win, you know, we won't believe the height, we can win here. Like it's not impossible mm. that do it. Whereas, you know, they've had that, those other years of terrible records at the G, they, they just haven't, they haven't overcome. Yeah, that was a criticism the last few years, wasn't it? Is that the Eagles just can't travel. Or the, uh, my favourite, one of my favourite uh, footy cliches, flat track bullies, flat downhill skiers. I still don't, <laughs> I still don't quite know like what, what it means, but I, I know that it means you beat play like teams below you. Right? Like, yeah, guess, yeah. Well, flat track is you look up, you, you look good as you look, as long as you're not facing opposition, so right, you're not running right. uphill. You're running on a right, flat okay. track. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I always use, I've used the term and gone. Hey, I'm not quite sure I understand the metaphor, but I'll use it anyway. Downhill it's skiers, just, flat track bullies. Gotcha. It's, it's yeah, all yeah, the same yeah. thing. Yeah, but I, yeah, I yeah. don't reckon that that is. I don't think that's correct about the Eagles. I think that it's such a huge advantage. Like it's not like that they lean on that for all the victories. And also, when you look at all the other interstate teams that have 
home games that don't have the record of the Eagles. I think it is something, you know, they, they, they use their advantage well rather than just relying on it to get wins. Yeah, and there must be something. Speaking as someone who's never played <laughs> professional football or football in front of sixty thousand screaming fans, but there must be—I mean, there must be something just in the in the psychology of it, just in the history of knowing that that's kind yes. of your pedigree and that's what happens. There has to be something about the confidence you take you take into a game, kind of just playing with. Well, this is what we're supposed to do, so I guess we'll. Well, it's like the know. pies have that reputation of backs against a wall. Like the pies, you can always you know, rely on them to, to, to win when they've been smashed in the media all week. The mm. best players are out guaranteeing Collingwood will win. I think you could apply that to the Eagles a little bit, which is they just don't lose at home. You know, it's shocking. In fact, they so rarely lose at home or specifically the Saints have so rarely beaten the Eagles in WA. Like I can remember all the Times. victories. I can like yeah, it was a windy day. Yeah, individually yeah, name right, them. Yeah. Like there was one game in particular, I think it was Rob Harvey's, 350th or it was one some extraordinary yep. kind of milestone game and you know we had players out and injured and it was one of those games where we shouldn't have won and somehow we did and I remember watching that game and and watching the players and everyone celebrating like we'd like won grand final. a final yeah. because I guess it is that thing of like just facing that uh, the the cauldron of that that rabid yeah. west coast fan base oh for sure and I mean just... how amazing is that footage of uh, Mickey O'Loughlin in one of those uh, elimination finals where he kicks the winning goal and he runs along oh, yeah. the yeah, Eagles right. I mean, squad. that's the thing. When you, just, when you know you got the game over there, wouldn't you just – you just love it because you're copying it. I mean, obviously, you'd be copying it any, you know, the oval in the, you know, track in the, in the country, you're the opposition team. But when you've got that many people who can, who can berate you without any threat of recrimination – Mm. You know, and going back to what you were saying, I think that was it with the good thing. I think it was that bubble, that bubble there that where there were some people who kind of got on board and they didn't think about what the context was and what the history was with goods, which those documentaries address so well. And then there were those who were just racist, whether they were, you know, whether they were conscious of it. Yeah, 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 there's absolutely that. And it gave them that excuse and it gave them that kind Mm. of cover to be able to do that. But I think the, the problem, the big problem that I had and the arguments I had with people back there was once mm. once that context was kind of spoken about, yeah. you had no leg to stand on. But once it was broken down, you, you had to realise that you were, you were either doing this that was playing into this the, this kind of the racist treatment of goods who, you know, when he won that Australian of the Year, he gave the most kind of reasonable speech <laughs> he could ever have given. So kind of... Eloquent, eloquent and yeah. well-argued, yeah. Yeah, and, and so generous. It was so generous because he had every right to kind of just go full-scale attack and, and mm. refuse the award. So, so for people then to kind of keep their kind of heads in the sand and, and keep, um, you know, maintaining, it's that, it's that belligerence. To I was going to say. Instead of just listening, it's the defensiveness. Stubborn. Like, it's yeah. like, won't be told what to do. And I do think there is a large portion of footy fans, not just Eagles fans, who believe that once they pay their money, they get to say whatever they want. And look, yeah. I'm a big believer in, like your dad, you know, football's a great outlet. and But there's a line, you know, and I think that, in any other workplace, it uh, would not be acceptable. You can't go into McDonald's and start like yeah, racially yeah. vilifying no. the person behind the counter. You know, you'll be asked to leave. And I think that they're, like you said, he, first of all, that Australian of the Year award thing, it's not like he nominated himself. He was given that award. Yeah. And I think that he felt a duty to speak on behalf of, you know, the people that he represents. And mm. I agree, he, he did it in the most eloquent way. I think the issue is the way that was cut up and then the sound bites that were released. If you take, 
small chunks of that, it can sound inflammatory or ungrateful or whatever, however the media wanted to manipulate it. But I think by then the damage was already done. You know, I mean, the AFL have admitted they've come out and they said we should have done more to protect mm. him. And, mm. you know, it's it, it's actually one of the, the, the great shames of our game, I think, is the way we exited Adam Goods. Yeah, you oh, know? absolutely. Because the thing is too, like of all the players who are clean skins, like of all the yeah, players yeah, yeah, yeah. who have done horrendous things, who have media oh. careers and are still like, you know, vaunted in the media and stuff. It's like this guy was a dual Brownlow medalist who was, you know, a pillar of the community. You never read about him in the paper doing the wrong thing. And yep. yet somehow there is a percentage of the population who are clinging to this idea that he plays for free kicks yeah. or that, you know, he, you know, harassed a 10 year old girl or whatever the bullshit kind yeah, of narrative yeah. is. And it's just like, it's just, I mean, there are current commentators, you know, who've done horrendous things. <laughs> yeah. And whilst of course, you know, I'm not saying people shouldn't get second chances. You're absolutely right to have for a two time Brownlow winner who, who had had that, you know, <laughs> such a kind of, who was so good and and who was such a great story. He was such a great story of the AFL. He's such a clean skin. Yeah. You know, really like was. if you're going to take yeah. down a clean Can't skin, then yeah. what what other, yeah, exactly. Then what yeah. other chance does like another player have? Yeah. Yeah. But let's get back to the so Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I am really fascinated though by this kind of evolution of the Eagles. Because like I said, you know, they were the evil, from my perspective, they were the evil empire from the West, you know, won two flags without earning it, like got into the competition. I think who's Darth Vader in that, like is, is Malthouse, was Malthouse Darth, you know, who... If you well, were. that's a good, that's a, let's talk about Mick Malthouse. What were your feelings on Mick Malthouse when he was a coach? Oh, he was, he could do no wrong. Right. I mean, as, as you would imagine of a coach that comes in, wins you know, what, flags. a year later, wins yeah. the first flag, the, the quickest flag of any you know new club something four years after we no five five years after we'd entered the comp mm. um and then you know another one a year later after like 91 and and 93 coming so close as well so he was he could kind of do no wrong and then when he left i mean you don't leave you yeah leave. <laughs> it's like the mafia leave the family yeah. everyone everyone as a and kid, especially when you leave for collingwood too like yeah. of all the teams Absolutely. to go for yeah um so, so they had that impression of being like this, you know, uh, insanely successful team from the very, very beginning. Then came like the 2000s era, the Ben Cousins, Chris Judd. And before we knew all the kind of um, the backstory of what was going on, like they were such an exciting team. Like if you just take it purely on the football, I was watching, um, I can't remember, it was, it was one of the Fox footy highlights packages and it was a game from 2004. And it's like, you look at mm. that midfield. Oh, it's, nice. <laughs> it's just nice. phenomenal. Like Cox, yeah. Kerr, Cousins, Judd. Yeah. Like, was that just the salad days for you? Throw in some party drugs in that is exciting <laughs> mix. No, it was, yeah, crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Spo- just spoiled, just spoiled for midfielders. Yeah. When, when Daniel Kerr is your sort of third, third string, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, and then, yeah, a bit of Banfield at the end of it. And yeah, it was, it was nuts. And, and like you said, and Fletcher and, and those guys who would be the kind of like franchise player in any other kind of year in any other team. It was, it was crazy. And everyone just sort of took it for, took it for granted as well, I think. But, but I mean, I kind of imagine, yeah, it would be so interesting, interesting to know what like the team would have been without the kind of hard living or, you know. The, the, if they had if cracked the, down more on the partying and yeah, stuff. Yeah, whether they would have been worse or better. I don't know. It would have, I imagine better. Well, the interesting thing, have you ever read Ben Cousins' autobiography? I haven't, no. It, haven't. The, the interesting thing about that is, um, I mean, clearly whatever his mental issues are or his addiction issues, it has a very circular 
nature to it because he what he would talk about is and he swears that he would never take you know performance enhancing drugs or, mm. or drugs on game day no amphetamines but his rationale was if i you know, have a really good game i'm going to reward myself right, you know right. with, a, with a bag on saturday yeah. night and then he would wake up on sunday or even monday feeling like shit and so in order to punish himself he's like well you're running 20 extra laps you got to get 30 possessions next week and so he would train really hard during the week not touch anything dominate the following weekend and then reward himself, you know, with yeah. a, with another night out. And so for about a five or six year period, it was actually a great driver of performance because he had this reward at the end of it, mm. you know. He would, he would go out, he would get 30 possessions, he would party and then he would like, you know, punish himself on the track. And so I think for a, you know, this period of time, you know, that can, that can drive you to, towards success. But then obviously everything fell apart. Yeah. Who knows? Like, who know? I don't think he was the only cog. I mean, he was a he was a phenomenal player, though. Like, he basically oh, invented nuts. gut running, right? Like that idea of oh. just kind of like bursting out of packs and running all day, and had great skills and everything like that. But, like he said, I mean, Chris Judd was in that team as well. Yeah. I'll never forget 2005 Grand Final was my first time seeing Chris Judd live oh yeah and i sort of had one of those feelings like when you see michael jordan play for the first time where you're like holy shit this guy's playing a completely different game i just never seen that combination of physical attributes put together mm. like that like the explosive speed the skill he was a bit taller than your average kind of midfielder yeah. not tall by today's standards but yeah. you know what was he six two six three yeah he just had that sort of he's a prototypical kind of like big bodied midfielder but i just had never seen a guy get the ball in congestion and then just accelerate like just kind that. of what Patrick Dangerfield does yeah, every yeah, week yeah. now well, but fir those first five to ten meters but you couldn't touch him no. like that was the thing is it didn't matter he could be inside or out well he'd start inside and then get outside yeah like yeah. if you had two of him yeah that's right I mean there were two of him he yeah it felt like the it. laws of physics he was just kind of he was an in and under player and an outside player for himself yeah, I mean, yeah. It, my, I remember my dad when they first <laughs> when they first picked him. I'm going to throw my old man in here. Great judge of players, but <laughs> but he did. Um, the, <laughs> yeah, he did. He did say that when the Eagles picked up Judd, he was like, "Oh, those shoulders. They're those shoulders yeah, that pop out." Yeah, because your dad's like, a doctor, a terrible, right? Yeah, yeah, he was like, "This is a terrible pickup." <laughs> You know, he looks fine, but those shoulders are not going to last the distance. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think it was like uh, Hawks took Hodge at one, Saints took Luke Ball at two, and then right. Judd at three. So I'm sure Judd the St. Kilda recruiters <laughs> were just like, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, they, they probably spoke that? to your dad. And that, <laughs> but that was, the, I mean, that's a fairly legitimate criticism because his whole junior career, yeah, I he was strapped up. By the time he was actually, yeah. Yeah, it was um, no. They, they well, that, I'm just that, glad out of that three, St Kilda picked the best, <laughs> longest servant, <laughs> most I mean, decorated, good player. Good player. Well, yeah, but we yeah. we he, we ran him dead into the ground, and he, then he got the dreaded osseitis pubis. It's the yeah. Remember it's, when it's, that it's was the lame leg of you know, equivalent, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Horses. It's just like exactly. oh, just put them out to pasture, and yeah, don't know where it is or what it is, but it sounds bad and it sounds painful, and and you'll never overcome it. So when you have a player like Chris Judd who then nominates to leave, like was there always a feeling when he was there that, you know, you because I know with Adelaide supporters, there was always a feeling that danger's going to go. You know, he's he, yeah. he's playing for us and he's a professional and you'd never doubt his endeavour. But I just think we're so arrogant as West Coast supporters. We're like, why would you leave us? We're awesome. <laughs> with that guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, yeah. I'm, but I'm, I'm the best. So you I'm don't, you didn't, you didn't get a sense. 
I didn't. I, I don't think I was as you're conscious on of time. the time of like of what it was to kind of leave your state and you know be playing elsewhere. I think I'd always, I'd always lived in WA up until about those sort of two thousand five, two thousand six. Yeah, I'm, I moved away from Western Australia in 2005, so at the, the height of his, right. you know, success, but also at the height of him probably being pissed off with the rest of the team for, yeah. for doing what they were doing. So I don't think I was that conscious of it. I, I mean, I, again, I'd be really interested to know what would have happened had had things not gone down like they had. Like with that list, mm. if they'd all stayed healthy. I mean, it's such what a what a tragedy, really. Like so many of those. Yeah, it could have guys, been multiple multiple flags. Yeah. I mean, that's, I think they should, yeah, instead of talking about taking them office, I think, you know, it was such a handicap. <laughs> I mean, if I did any of those things that Cousins did, I, mean, I would be sore and vomiting and just in bed for weeks. That's that hard, hardly a lesson for kids, is it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Kids, as <laughs> long as you go life. out and take mad party drugs and hang out with bikies, as long as you get up the next day and run 40Ks yeah, you'll be fine. and punish yourself. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's funny too, because you, you think about Wusher at that time as well, and it's like, so he was overseeing, you know, that list and who knows how complicity was or what he was aware of what was going on at the time. But then in retrospect, when he gets brought into the bombers and you're like, I mean, is this by design? And he's also a pharmacist. Is that why you're getting yeah. him in? Because <laughs> he's got an, when it comes to supplements yeah, and, and different and chemicals. It's sort of like a breaking bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I oh, know. Yeah. I'll, look, I'll I'll um I'll leave the casting of any uh, aspersions to, to others who know more than me. But uh, yeah, it reminds me of the like Lehman as well with the with the Aussie cricket team and the Sam Papagate stuff. It's mm. just like it would. Yeah, it's an interesting position to be in as a coach. I think every to... footy club turns a blind eye to stuff. Well, at least they did. You know, like I mean, I think Malthouse came out once and. I can't remember what it was, but there was some incidents where some Pies players had done the wrong thing. Of course you can't remember. There's something every two weeks. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Did they? And uh, they was you know they got a fine, but they weren't suspended or anything. And Mick Malthouse very plainly came out and said, "Well, we're not going to suspend them. He's our best player, or something like that." And the media was up in arms. And like, well, no, I think it's kind of refreshing to hear because that that is the truth of the matter. Is that you know that I think most clubs would they'll do whatever they can to protect their players and whatever they think, you know, and, and maybe in, you know, to play devil's advocate, maybe the Eagles administration thought that what was going on was no worse than when they played footy, you know, Mm. they're just going out and getting on the beers. Like they may not have had an awareness of what was going on. Yeah, for sure. It was that like, it felt like the real intersection of when we were, I feel like when, when we were growing up, it was very much that like the movement from sort of amateur to pro stuff, you know, we grew up with those like, the myths of David Boone flying to, you know, that Ashes tour and mm. sinking 40 cans on the way over, <laughs> you know, like that. But but then they were starting to kind of make the money and st- everything was starting to go pro. And, and again, like the years of, you know, Jordan and, and, and sports Celebrity going. Celebrity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going into this next realm from, you know, Dougie Walters smoking at the crease <laughs> to then. And, and similarly, like in the AFL, I think, you know, some of those stories from the 80s and 90s yeah. you know, when you kind of just be getting into the national line, the sorts of things those guys would do. So I guess moving through the early 2000s when you've grown up or you, you those younger players, yeah. justify be cousins as a rookie. Like I, don't, I can't imagine the things, you know, that those older guys would have been doing or that, that he would have seen. And then to then move into that next level of money, fame, yeah, exactly. you know, opportunity. Free drink cards. Yeah, exactly. 
going out to the, the you know the i was up on the gold coast uh, a couple of weeks ago and i was like why is it so hard for the gold coast to maintain any kind of professional sports team i'm like it's got beaches you got nightclubs <laughs> exactly babes it's like yeah. bikers it feels like this has everything a young rich athlete would want yeah exactly it's like it's like perth is like gold coast without meter maids or something like you know much you know smaller buildings it's um i think it's got that vibe it's like you're just away from you know, most everyone says the most isolated, you know, capital yeah. city in the world. I think there's that real bubble vibe, and then, yeah, they're like the the kind of the the levels of of fame of those guys was just nuts. So you, you've hit on it a couple of times. Uh, something I'm always interested in when I'm talking to people on this show is about the culture of a club. I find the culture to be such a kind of like um, vague description. And something that I don't understand because, like, surely as teamless change and administrations change, like, the culture of your club changes. But there does seem to be something in the fabric of a club. So what is the culture of West Coast in your mind? Well, it's interesting because I haven't – so I was there – like, I was I was a, sort of playing – I played a few games of Subiaco Colts and then played a bit for sort of Wembley and stuff in – during those years so it's kind of sort of in and around it and everyone had this story like everyone in perth was like one degree from you know they're like i was there the night it was like woodstock you know oh, yeah, yeah. And the night so and so crashed their car or did this with a bikey or whatever everyone had this story. talking about michael gardner specifically <laughs> <laughs> name no names but <laughs> michael <Schmarden. laughs> um, and, and there were yeah there was just a story for every occasion it was yeah. it was um the anecdotes were sort of flying thick and far so i was sort of you know like on the on the periphery of of the periphery but now i've been in sydney and, and around for the last 15 years and so i can only i only sort of see it from afar mm. um but but it was pretty it's pretty amazing it does feel just as an outsider pretty amazing the kind of transition from that era mm. into the kind of Nick Natanui era. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is, that, like, that's, it, I was just going to say that he seems to epitomize the new Eagles, doesn't he? Yeah. Totally likable. Yeah. Great to watch. Yeah. Humble. Yeah. Like there is this strange, the, I mean, I haven't seen Reputation Rehab on the ABC yet, right. but I'd be interested yeah. if they could get the entire Eagles organization. There are some reputations that <laughs> cannot be. No, but I think they have. I think that's the amazing thing is that like, you know, when you guys beat the Pies in 2018, I doubt there would be, like, if that had happened 10 years earlier, there'd be no Victorian who would be happy to see that. I mean, it's Collingwood, so there's always going to be a portion of Victorians. But I think that, I mean, A... What a win! Like what a victory! I mean, we. we I need Should to we just ask. stop and play. Let's just play. <laughs> yeah, let's stop, stop and play. Now. Yeah. Uh, I need to ask. So, have you ha, have you been there for any of the flags? Like in per- oh, in person? No, no. The only grand finals I've been to were courtesy of my sister. The first one was the the Fremantle final uh, against Hawthorne, and um, as as a guest of her as a Frio supporter, and then the Bulldogs, which was pretty great. That was a great. Like, sorry, I don't know. No, no, that's all right. Yeah. Um, but uh, that was that was a beauty. But I've never been to the Eagles. I did. I did have the chance of being at twenty eighteen, mm. but and the only thing that would ever supersede, uh, uh, you know, that that probably experience is the, is the birth of a child. Yeah. And so we were. My son Jamison was. Um, he was due to be born any minute. So 
thought it would not be wise to to fly down just just in case. How's that conversation T- go? Turned down? out I was wrong. Ash agrees. Ash was watching it with me, my partner, and she's like, "Well, you really should have gone. I would have been fine." Like, oh no! Know, this is with oh, thirty no. points down. I'm like, okay, maybe it was a good decision. And then, <laughs> and then you know. But you know the positive thing about that day, I had a bunch of friends around who were, you know, had passing interest in the AFL. But I would like to think are quite fond of, of 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 me as a friend. <laughs> I, I really felt like I could claim the win as my own. I right. mean, there is a video that Ash took at the moment. We kind of, you know, the siren blows and that I'm celebrating like I am Dom Sheed yeah. oh, in that moment. You know, just we're Dom Sheed. <laughs> We are all Dom Sheed as West yeah. Australians. <laughs> I mean, I imagine there must be some kind of like, uh, although you'd love to be there, I know how anxious I get. And so at least you had that separation. And so maybe the high isn't as high as it could have been if you're at the ground, but also the tension wouldn't have been as tense, I imagine. Or am I wrong? Yeah, I don't know what it is. I mean, I, I couldn't have had friends around, I don't think. Yeah, I, I knew, and the fact that they're not really AFL fans, I would... would Shit me knowing. I, I think because they were they they were, you know weren't. But were they trying to, to talk to you and stuff during the game? Oh no, they knew not. Okay, I said good. to them, I'll be. <laughs> I just I don't. I said I won't be rude. I just won't hear you. Like I'm I'm that dude who just if the football's on, yeah. like you know Ash and I have com- constant conversations about it. Like we'll be in a really serious conversation, and they'll just I don't know what it is in our brains. Whether it's just an exclusively sort of male thing, but my eyes will flicker over <laughs> if there is football or something on, like football on particularly. I'll have to admit, I'll look back at her and go, I'm sorry. The train tracks just switched from one to the next. I really apologize. I didn't hear the last five seconds. I know it's my failing as a, as a man, human being, but I can't do two things at once. So yeah. I said, to them, you know, I will just not hear you um, if this is happening. I mean, you and me have done this before. You know, we watched, I think, the Swans and the Eagles last year, the year before, the, the, the year that was 2020. Um, yeah. And we'll just occasionally, we'll just, you know, both sort of blip out as we as we watch the game and don't, yeah. don't hear what's been said. So I said, you know, that, that was what we went into that game knowing and I wasn't rude. I was just... And as it got like tense in that last 90 seconds or something? Everyone was there because I'm quite, I'm, I'm quite a reserved person. But then when it gets to that point, I, I, I can be a bit like my, yeah. my father. I've tried over the years to stop kicking televisions and things and I've succeeded in not doing that yeah. for a good amount of years, which is not something you want to be pr- you're, you're very proud of after a game's finished. Yeah. Um, uh, so now, now I, I, uh, I, I, I'm, I try and mask those moments, but yeah, I was pretty happy when, when Flying Ryan was, you know, uh, took that mark and then, um, and then when Dom Sheed was, let's face it, illegally blocked in that pocket, there was a block. <laughs> we, we all know it. But put the whistle we'll away. It. You got to put the whistle, put the whistle away in that moment. You got to. I mean. And it's Collingwood. Uh, <laughs> And Dom just just iced it. So I, yeah, the the the, the fist bump came out in, in spades, and I don't think I took off my jersey for, I don't know, maybe a week. And how many times do you watch the replay? Uh, only, only two actually. Oh right, only two. There's been, oh yeah, because my so my son was born a week later, auspiciously. Um, Little Nat Nui Jamison Meadows. <laughs> <laughs> I put the word out. Do we call him <laughs> Liam, Dom, <laughs> Nick? You know. Um, so yeah, he was born a week after. So there have been moments where you know I've I've just put it on late. We usually get a, a you know a bit on before, before one of us falls asleep, but it's a mm. great go-to moment. And just the yeah the pure. But the thing is that game is so insane that every time I'm watching, it, I'm still like how the do we win like, yeah 
no, this must be wrong. I mean, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because you you were you were only led for the last ninety seconds of the game, right? It's like you were behind the whole I feel game. Like, didn't we go up and then they actually made a charge again, and then we went up again? You're probably right. You, my, I, memory I, I, my, my memory is that you were chasing them all day. Like they led for the entire game, but I've only seen it once. So <laughs> yeah, I'm I don't know. But it was, uh, th- that is <clears throat> probably my favorite grand final. The, my, the other one that was, um, I think is uh, my other favorite of the recent grand finals was the Sydney Hawthorne one of 2012, where yeah, amazing. off one leg, Adam Goods like wins the game. For yeah, them. yeah, yeah. But Absolutely. that as a neutral, uh, as a neutral supporter, just to sort of see, I mean, there is something satisfying about seeing Collingwood lose a grand final, but I think yeah. it, for me it was the it was the um, the full stop to West Coast's transition to a, a likable team again. Like I felt it's weird because you haven't been made to do penance like Essendon are currently doing or Carlton have done for the yeah. last twenty years. There's, <laughs> there was no real overarching <laughs> sanctions on the club, was there? Like it was more individual. Yeah. Um, because there was that That's, report that was done, that internal yeah, report yeah. that was done that said, yeah, look, there was clearly some failures on, yeah. the, on the part of the administration. Yeah, no but gosh. I think that if you are going to rehabilitate your image, that's how you do it, which is like you, you just draft good, like upstanding, reputable yeah. players get, and you get results on the field. Like, you know. Yeah, I mean, they had some dark... I mean, it kind of felt like the, the penance they had was... I mean, I think Darren Glass was a big... Again, not knowing the bloke at all, but he just felt like a really good kind of caretaker. Steadying influence. <clears throat> Again, the like the, the sort of Tim Payne kind of guy, like just really workmanlike to get you through this period who actually turned out to be really good mm. um, and, and sort of excelled with it. But yeah, there was some dark... I'm trying to remember specifically when they were, like 20, 2008, 2011. Like, you know, we sort of dropped down and then I think we finished... We got the our first and only wooden spoon, twenty eleven, I think. Right, and then twenty twelve, we just like had one of the best recoveries from that, and then um, and I think it was then I was like, okay, maybe our rebuild will be like won't be decades, it'll be all right. Well, you played a grand final four years later, was it? Yeah, twenty fifteen. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's pretty amazing to go from bottom to. The grand Back final, to that. Yeah. yeah, and again, you know, I think that. In fact, now that we're talking about, it, I'm starting to hate the Eagles again. Oh no, you, as you should, <laughs> as you should. Four flags in. I think they're the, the, the sort of winningest team in the in the period of time they've been there. It's one every like what is it average? Like one every sort of nine, eight eight to nine years. Mm. Um, yeah, it's 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 gross. We should be we should be disliked. And you know, we did all that work rehabilitating the image, and then Gaff just goes and well just clocks. <laughs> I mean, I think that was... I, look, it was not a good look, but there was not intention. <laughs> like, I think everyone understands. I think... <clears throat> he just felt, you know, as soon as he'd done, he was like, oh, I didn't realise what yeah, I just... Yeah, you felt there was, like, genuine uh, remorse there. I think it's more the it's more the off-field stuff that you haven't really heard much of. There's been no... I mean, at least unless the <laughs> Western Australian... There's been a blackout in Western Australian <laughs> yeah, media, but you don't... You're not hearing the same kind of stories coming out. And I do think that there are certain players that um, encapsulate uh, the, the culture of a club. I often talk about how, you know, prior to Richmond being the Richmond they are now, I always thought that Matthew Richardson was the perfect epitome of right, right. Richmond, you know, because he was brilliant, but he's also hilarious, oh, no. yeah, could yeah. do something amazing, not but also there. disastrous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I do feel that, you know, Nick Nat is a great face of this modern Eagles team, you know, mm. like I think that he. I mean, bizarre year that he had to just be so dominant in the ruck and not even didn't barely got a, a Brownlow vote. Yeah, which yeah, was yeah, that's right. so yeah, strange. 
It is, but I think he's the kind of guy that wouldn't. Uh, yeah, he's sort of one of the guys that genuinely doesn't play for that that kind of stuff, as opposed to a lot of others that would claim not to. Yeah, he just genuinely seems like that dude, like just sort of funny and easygoing, and um, you know, he's written a kids book that my that I love reading to my son, that my son loves. Um, that kind of just I mean, what a, what a transformation like, yeah, yeah yeah from that like imagine yeah. the kids books that would have come out of the, <laughs> the mid 2005 <laughs> yeah so kids I was out like just yeah. under, underbelly for like <laughs> four year olds <laughs> his is all about like total inclusion and empathy you know so yeah. it's, it's um yeah, it's the kind of like it's the the list is sort of much more boring but I'm I'm fine that way He's yeah like winning winning but but much sort of boring off the field um yeah it's yeah, across across the board, you've got, you know, that 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 group of players. There's not, there's not many there that you know, Kennedy. You just, oh, I love JJK, love, love him. him, love him. Is there a player that is your all time favorite from all eras that you've been following? Is there someone who lays at Matera sit above the rest? Well, that's a really good question. Yeah, I mean, I, I think mean, I think with fandom or footy fandom, you sort of go through phases. Like every time a significant St Kilda player retires, I always swear that I'll never get over it. Like, yeah. you know, when, when Nicky Winmar left, I was like, oh God, no, I'll never get over that. Not Nicky. When Plugger left, oh, I'll never get over that. When <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rob Harvey retired, oh no. Yeah. When Nick Revolt, oh, no. but you do, You've you had know. Some good, yeah, some but I do, but I do feel like you know, Rob Harvey always will have a special place in my heart because a. He played in so many games, yeah, like yeah. so many games I watched he was in. I got his jumper and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then I think Nick Revolt just for being like, what an amazing captain. Like he's my, my modern favorite. Is there someone like that or a couple of players like that for the Eagles? Oh, I used to love watching Chris Lewis when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. too. Like just what he could, you know, the kinds of things he could, he could do. Um, but, you know, like, again, I think because I, I, I quickly realized you know, when I started playing when I was 14, I was like, oh, the things I'll be good at are not are not the things that those really brilliant players can do. <laughs> it is like shepherding, tackling. One percenters. One percent. A good ordinary like, player. That's it, the coaches award kind of stuff. Yeah. And so even like oh, Hutchings and stuff, like I just... Uh, like you, I, you love the guys who are like you. Just, just yeah, you kind of like... I, I appreciate the guys who don't get appreciated, I think, you know, that will, that will do those, those things. But then I'm going to say that. I mean... Liam Ryan's an instant favourite. Um, uh, yeah. I've watching... talked about this on the regular Two Guys, One Cup most of the year, but it is a regular occurrence for me to just Google <laughs> Liam Ryan highlights. Like for such a, like a, a, a player, relatively like new player, he has got an impressive highlight reel. Like he's it's so exciting insane. to watch. Yeah. But then, yeah, but then does those one percenters as well, which for a, a small, like, you know, small build, a guy of small build is kind of, well, in that 2018 grand final, one of his one percenters seemed to be like he took his eyes off the ball. <laughs> seemed to be a charge. Look, at that stage, I'm sure <laughs> Put it was the whistle self-preservation. Yeah. It was just, yeah. So Adam Simpson was like, look, I, I foresee you were going to play a big part in the last 90 seconds of this game. Just look after yourself. Yeah, look, that wasn't a highlight. Before that, had those moments. Yeah, he probably heard a call behind him, Charlie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he heard Jake coming from a guy who him. would not have the courage to even step <laughs> onto a football field and put my body on the line. I'm going to start we'll one there. slings yeah. and arrows. But yeah, you know, like the the Banfields and the and um the the Kemp's and McKenna's and stuff. When I was a kid, they just hard, hard nuts. Those guys. Uh, um, but you know, Matera five bounces down the wing in that. I think it was the '94 Grand Final. Yeah, I mean that's a thing. You are actually just spoilt for choice when it comes to superstars. Yeah, 
And even like the modern era, like I love the JJK little Frenchman combination. Yeah, like what a yeah, great double yeah. act. What a yeah. Batman and Robin that those two were. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, Phil Matera too, like who was any other era, like he was sort of in that bridging era, I think if I'm remembering kind of correctly. But, um, you know, he was a great, he was a great goal sneak and another guy that just defied sort of size and logic to mm. kick. You know, I think he, he, he kicked their most goals for the Eagles a couple of times, which for a little forward pocket is pretty amazing. Where do you fall on the uh, Jack Darling uh, side of things? Like I know he's a bit of a Look, whipping boy. I, I, I think he'd be a great person. <laughs> okay. This, this, is, no, this is not, <laughs> a, I, I've really like, there's no player I've vacillated on more than Darling because for a while I, I, I thought he was kind of more interested in doing kind of backflips once he'd fallen over than he was about taking marks. And then I do, I do have burn into my retinas, the like, the drop mark in the 2015 grand final. And then I thought he may have done it again in the 2018 grand final where he kind of spent it before he had it. But, but we would not have won the flat, the 2018 flag without him. Like when, when JK was injured through that, that period of time, he just stepped up big time. So I may have made the comment that I'd trade him for a baking tray (laughs) to a friend in a moment of weakness, of desperation. But I, I apologize, Jack. And since then, darling, you beauty has come out of my mouth many, many times. So I, I apologize. The role of him. second tall is a pretty thankless job. I mean, when you're the guy who's there to yeah. sort of take attention away from the star forward or to crash packs or whatever, it can yeah. be it can be fairly thankless. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's what Cozzy was at the Saints with Revolt. When yeah, Lance Franklin similar. was still at the Hawks, that's what Ruffy was, and then Lance left, and then he had the chance. I mean, yeah. if J- if JJK this is his last year, then maybe Jack Darling will get his time to shine. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he, and he did in those those times. Yeah, he did the, have the, a good the, run, didn't he? Out. Um, and you know, when they both fire, it's uh, the times where they've both kicked at least a couple must be very rare that we've lost a game. I think the frustration is when you see a player like that who seems to have all the tools, the size. You know, yeah. the, the skill set can take a grab. It's really frustrating why they don't dominate. But then I think, I don't know anything about tactics. Like, I've been watching football my entire life and I have I still, like, have no idea, like, what the yeah. zone means, <laughs> you know, when they play man on... What, what do you mean? I don't understand. Flat track bullet, yeah. I, I don't understand any of that stuff, but I imagine there are several tactics that, you know, both offensively and defensively that mean that Jack Darling is not getting the opportunities that JJK gets. Yeah, yeah. No, and look, I do think a lot of my opinion was purely clouded by... You know, I remember that 2015 grand final. We were just starting a little pushback. You know, we'd been dominated. Hodge was just playing out of his mind. And then, you know, we, we kicked, I think we kicked a goal or two just to kind of get back in it. And then he had just, he just dropped this chest mark. And a lot, a lot of my, you know, like my, my versions on him may have come from that moment, which is probably quite unfair. To, just like that's the thing an about intense game, high pressure it? moment in a it's grand just, final. Yeah. But that's what's so insane yeah. about sport, isn't it? Just the the idea that you could do something you don't choose to do; it just happens in that moment because of any other occupation. Things. That's and, right. Uh, a fraction of a second. The amount of equivalent, you know, chest mark drops I've done in my in my life, but because no one gives a shit, will never ever be known or you know or commented on. Um, but I guess that's you know the the, the trade off for like winning flags and then yeah, and that's also just like the. Um, you know, that is what fandom is, is like it means something because you choose to mean something like maybe, you know, maybe you're the only person who thinks that way about yeah. that moment. Maybe Jack's even shaken that moment off and you're the one who's obsessing <laughs> over it. You know what I mean? Oh, I reckon he has a few nightmares. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so let's talk about uh, uh, what is – do you have a single highlight? Like, what's your greatest memory associated with the Eagle? Was it a game you're at? Was it a win? Well, I mean, look, that, that 2018 – I mean, it's the most recent kind of highlight, but it's hard to beat that, you know, that passage of play from McGovern. I mean, McGovern, let's talk about McGovern, you know, in terms of favourite players. The guy looks like he just stepped out of a pub. In, Pure country footballer. You know what I mean? In, in, in Kellerberran, you know, and, yeah. and hasn't played for the last 10 years. Like, oh, hey, I'll throw the boots on and he yeah. comes out and, you know, just does what he does. He's just incredible. And a, yeah. and a kind of inspiration to, to you know, guys who don't look unfit every year. <laughs> I'm sure he's not, but... Well, he's the last of that. Like in an era of ultra-professional athletes, he feels like he's that last of that kind of old-school footballer. Like what do they say? Footy smarts, you know? Not necessarily the yeah, greatest yeah. athlete, but is a very clever footballer and tough yeah. too. Yeah, I think that's kind of an underrated stat on him is oh, that yeah. how, how durable he is, plays the, through injury. kind of injuries he's played with, I'm sure, having heard the stories after the fact, you know, like – you know, I busted a rib and, you know, complained about it for a year and, yeah. and used it as an excuse to not pick up shopping bags because these guys are playing the next week. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> just insane. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I mean... 2018 is the highlight. Fun. It just, yeah, it has to be. But I, but yeah, there's, as I said, Matura taking those bounces down the wing um, in that grand final. Um, any any uh, derby derby? memories is it, oh, does that ever factor into it do you ever call narrowly up and be and like give a shit after a particular derby well, derby we, yeah well, like the, the the i mean there was the one where i think it was kick it was just about to retire and was it which kick? one dale yeah yeah played for Fremantle. Dale Derek, yes. Derek, Derek played for Sid, uh, Essendon and Sydney. Right. And Dale. And I think he was just about to retire and there was someone else who was just about to retire for the Eagles. I can't remember who it was. Anyway, they just went out knowing they couldn't get suspended. <laughs> and it was, I think it was called the Demolition Derby. 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 As we say of it. Yeah. Derby, Derby. I still can't say. I don't know Derby. which one it is. What's yeah. the correct one? I think, I think, well, it comes from Derby, which is, you know, the, 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 the place and the, and the phrase, you know, is Derby colonial bit. sort of forebears, but. Derby, Derby. In WA, we just run our own race. <laughs> yeah. It was just one guy, like the toughest guy at the bar, one day got it wrong. Yeah, no, it's going to. Spelt Derby. It's Derby. And everyone's like, yeah, yeah mate. Yeah, 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 sure, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's Derby. Yeah, no, it's Derby. Um, so forevermore, it's, <laughs> it's been Derby west of Adelaide. Um, yeah, so there, there's, there's some crackers there. I think West Coast still, again, it's that big brother thing. It's the same with me and my big brother. You know, he's I mean, he's more talented than me, which is which is also a you know a, a factor. But we, whenever we play basketball, it doesn't matter like one on one, doesn't matter how much fitter I've been than him or when I've been, you know, he hasn't been able to play for a while. There's still he can just I'll be up eleven points, he'll still be able to beat me. It's, I think it's a similar thing with those guys. It's just there's always going to be that. You're just holding them by the head. They're That's swinging, it. and you just got yeah, the hand resting like, on the forehead. Yeah. Some kind of deep seated childhood memory kicks in, and you just panic. Well, well, it's also that thing too about when you are the big dog in the yard, you don't have anything to fear. Like yeah. they're all the kind of pressure and all the all the um, um, the chip on the shoulder comes from the person who's trying to knock you off. Yeah, but they hardly ever do nah. it. And I thought it would change, like around that era, that twenty thirteen. I mean, God, Fremantle had such a good team. Yeah, the Ross line. Yeah. yeah, and like, like I think yeah, it's interesting as to why that didn't sort of turn into a. A dynasty kind of team well some could argue that ross Lyon is good at taking t 
teams with an assembled list and then running them into finals. Some would know that. Yeah. Than others, right? yeah. <laughs> and then some would also say that what he's not very good at is sustaining that, like in terms of his over, overall view of recruiting. And yeah. I mean, I think that I love Ross Lyon and I was shattered when he left, but I think you do have to kind of look at his grand final record and go, well, was that ultra defensive style of play not conducive to winning flags? Mm. I mean, it worked for Sydney back in 2005, but yeah, maybe yeah. that was like, you know, maybe, maybe that was a, the, the exception. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And with that particular list, God, it was good. Yeah. And Pavlich too. I have like, I mean, yeah. Nat Fife and Pavlich in the same side, but I was at that oh, yeah, grand final, and the same one that you were at. And it was like, they were completely, I mean, that, they've come up against a rampant Hawthorne, but yeah, they I mean, didn't the, look completely overawed. No. But yeah, they were just rattled, weren't they? I mean, crazy how much they kind of stayed in it. That was the thing about that grand final. It felt like, well, they were, somehow they managed to stay in it, but they just couldn't take any of those yeah. chances. But yeah, just from there, they didn't, I don't know. I really thought they might be a similar team to Hawthorne, actually. I mean, and it, it is, it, it's interesting when you think about it too, that like, you know, we're, we're sort of witnessing another dynasty at the moment with the Tigers. <laughs> the Eagles have managed to just sneak in there and just steal one just right in the one. middle, just right in the middle of snatch another one. team's dynasty. It's crazy. Oh, the kind of baby bombers sort of did with yeah. us, I think, in the 90, yeah, 93, was it? Yeah. Yeah, just I got know, away yeah. with one. Yeah, I really wasn't expecting 2018 to, to happen at all. And I think we lost, like, we lost the first game to Sydney and we had some, we had some injuries early on in the year, so I'd kind of just written it off. Um, Are there yeah. many, um, this might sound like a strange question, but have you had many low points as an Eagles supporter? Like, is there a grand final uh, loss or is there a finals loss or is it something more off field? It was like, I mean, there's just like, it's sort of huge. The, the loss to, there's been a couple of home final losses, which again, we just take it for granted that the, the Eagles are going to win a home final. Mm. So the last couple of years where we've, you know, last year and then, um, and then against the Bulldogs when they won the flag, you know, we're just kind of losing those those two home finals. Yeah, that was. I mean, there was a it was a game against Essendon. I vividly remember as a kid where we kicked a goal, like one goal, twelve or something in the wet and lost by a hundred points. Um, oh mate, come talk to us and kill the spot. <laughs> yeah, I've got yeah, like a hundred of those. Lowest, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the lowest of the. I mean, then that's what you're saying. I think is that they're pretty few. I mean, one we've we've had the wooden spoon once. Well, I wonder if you like if there was some metric where you could measure like a supporter's happiness. If the Eagles would sort of be like I imagine Hawthorne supporters would be right at the top. You know, like pretty much a flag every three years. They haven't had a yeah. lot to complain about in the last fifty years. But I imagine the Eagles and Geelong. Swans maybe would be up there in recent years. Yeah, but again, because of that relative success, I do, I do, I do wonder when that fine day comes, Charlie, and it will come. Where you when shit. those Saints come marching in? <laughs> oh my god! Like the level. I mean, it's all relative, right? Like the levels of, like you may not survive it. I don't think I will. I think I'd have a heart attack. I can't even look. To be honest, I can't even conceive of what it m might be like. And you know, I've had a couple of guests on this show who have been very generous in their uh, wish for St Kilda <laughs> to win a flag, you know, especially like Pat Richmond Verging supporters. Verging on patronising. Yeah, yeah, very yeah, patronising. Yeah, yeah. um, but uh, uh, it's something I just can't conceive of because it is, it, 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 it's like saying, 
uh, you know, I hope one day to see you walking on the moon. It's like, well, I'm, I know it's possible, <laughs> but it's been done. But, but I've seen people. other people do it. But yeah. it just it feels like an unrealistic ambition yeah. for me. I mean, like yeah, you the know, laws of physics don't not allow it. I mean, the guy I do two guys one cup with, like the whole point of doing this show was because <laughs> we were going to commiserate about our teams being so unsuccessful. Was it in the, the next year? The very first year, like the entire the show's called Two Guys One Cup, as in our teams have one cup each. And then the whole premise is torpedoed. Yeah. But watching Will go through that has been was quite informative. I think that might be similar because the Bulldogs haven't even played in a grand final in Will's lifetime. It wasn't that they just hadn't won one. They, had, they hadn't even played in a grand final. So in Will's lifetime, he's one for one. We're seeing one grand final for one victory. But now to see how where they've gone after that, you know, they didn't even make the finals the next year. You know, he sort of said to me that it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter where they've been in the last four years because he's still got that, you know, mm. and that will sustain him. Yeah. He feels like for the first 40 years, you know, yeah. that was a slog, but then he got one bite of the cherry and that's going to sustain him for quite a number of years. He can deal with some success Glorious and disappointments. Memory. Yeah. So, to come from eight. I mean, yeah. I, I feel like, you know, when you can live with being <laughs> poor. <laughs> If you've never tasted riches, and so exactly. here I am scratching around in the dirt in the I footy see, world. Any win becomes a. Well, know, I get annoyed. I get annoyed when St Kilda supporters talk up like a finals win or a home and away win because I'm yeah. like, God, guys, you sound pathetic. Yeah, <laughs> you sound really. Then pathetic. again, it's how Richmond sounded, wasn't it? You know, like those sort of early Hardwick years. I mean, earlier in this podcast, stuff. I did talk about the time we beat the Eagles <laughs> and we're right celebrating front, yeah, right like, front, a, yeah. like a final. Yeah, which would have been fine if you didn't have the iPad showing me for each other at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it is. We are kind of spoiled. You know, we've, we are very spoiled for that that success. But it didn't it didn't stop me being pretty elated in 2018. Like, I think, you know, that, good that is know. the thing you do. Because they've been every 12 years since 94. Right. So it's like long enough to kind of go, oh yeah, these are not regular occurrences, but regular enough to really have those hits along in, in your life. Uh, to value them. It's actually almost <laughs> the perfect amount of time for you to be like, oh, I'm really yeah. going to appreciate this. I'm it not going to be like a Hawthorne supporter. It's like, ah, which of my, which is my favorite, which is my favorite premiership, which is my favorite yeah, one. Yeah, that yeah. And talk usually about. they come in those chunks of three time. in a row. And, you know, our first two did and we should have won, you know, 91 probably, but. Um, but yeah, it's kind of a, it's kind of a perfect interval of, of appreciation of, of premierships, but also not too long that you kind of get disenchanted with the whole thing. So <laughs> I certainly can't complain from that, from that perspective, but yeah, 2018 is the year, like my son was being born and that they were actually a group of people that I respected and liked, um, was, was a pretty Finally. special yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So you know, I doubt there's yeah. any danger of this ever happening, but it's just a question I ask everyone because I'm interested to know the answer. If the Eagles were to fold, for whatever reason, the Eagles were no more, uh, do you think you would pick up another team and just run with that? Or do you think you would just become more of a kind of impartial observer of the AFL? Or would you walk away from the game altogether? I did. like When, when GWS came in, I did... Just because they're kind of the, they were the closest to where I was living, and I, you know, a lot of my friends who moved over from Perth to Sydney jumped ship from West Coast to Sydney mm. really early on, right. and I hung on. And I always thought that was a contentious decision, but I have I did like GWS, and this is the most contentious thing I, I'm sure I'll say that will that will really put me in the bad books with a lot of Eagles fans, but because my when my sister moved to Perth, I, every year I think me and my brother would just get a, a membership. So we'd end up going to the games with her every week. So Frio games. Frio games. Yeah. And so weirdly, 
it was a Stockholm. I blame mm. Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, Weirdly, just being in that space and watching them sort of struggle and be crap for so long, I actually I'm not one of those Eagles fans where that there is that mad hatred. And weirdly, again, this is a very I feel like I'm I'm coming mm. out you know, <laughs> the, the football club exclusive here. here. Yeah, this is this is this is a tough thing to say, guys. So I hope you really um have have mercy on me as a West Coast fan. But I but not only do I not you know, not, not hate them. I think because of those years kind of there with my sister and watching and sort of willing them to, you know, to be successful for her as we were having these kind of wins. Um, I'm not sure. I might, I might even, I might even consider it, but look, that's a, that's a dark hypothetical you're throwing yeah. at me. Um, and, and it will, you know, given the, the, the no matter where West Coast have been, the financial and membership strength has always been, you know, pretty good. So it'll yeah. take a dark and apocalyptic turn of events, which we almost face. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> which could happen any year. It's so. not, it's not a, sci- a sci-fi <laughs> concept or anything yeah, like no. that. Exactly. So when when WA does secede and form the and the waffle becomes <laughs> the national competition again, it'll be when it breaks up. I'll go back to Subiaco. You know, that was my team growing up, and and you know, I'm, I think I played three Colts games for them before I got delisted. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. It's my alma mater. Um, yeah, yeah, but but I do, and the bull. I do have a lot of affection for the bulldogs, and I, I you know, I do claim to be a like a good luck charm in the twenty sixteen. Why is that? Grand final. I was there. Right. Yeah. Also, oh, it was because yeah. of you. It was because of me. Also, I was playing a, a character on t- TV who was a mad doggies supporter whose father had played for them. So weirdly, you know, because of the. The hardworking method actor I am got very involved in Bulldogs <laughs> history. We went and shot some stuff at the ground, you know. And I just, I don't know, I just love the just the great working classness of that as a, as yeah. a club. That was does. one of the most enjoyable things about that victory was seeing what it meant to West, the West of Melbourne. Yeah, and it's just the opposite of what West Coast has been. This is kind of corporate, like <laughs> yeah, it's totally. like, you know, the Empire. You know, it's, it's the, they're the Rebel Alliance. Yeah, yeah exactly. I feel like it's you know. It's, Ragtag bunch of misfits. Yeah, that's right. The scrappy little yeah. battlers that got and it together. But the Jedi tricks of Bontempelli and yeah, and um, so look, I'd probably, I'd, I'd maintain, you know, the 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 non hatred for Frio, but I'd, pr- I'd probably jump to to either the doggies or or GWS. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. All right, let's finish up um, with one final thing, which is predictions for twenty twenty one, and you, oh. you can be honest, you can be deluded. I don't mind. What do you think is going to happen with the Eagles next year? Well, I still feel like the best list we've ever had was this year gone by. But whether that turns into, you know, feeling like Moneyball or a mm. team that actually kind of gels together, I mean, I'd say we're as good a chance as, as, as any. I, I think they'd be pretty disappointed with... What's a pass mark? What's a fail mark? Well, I don't know. With Tim Kelly added to the kind of 2018 list, you know, without losing too many players, um, you'd, you'd have to... I think anything they they'll be disappointed with anything less than a than a premiership. Like realistically, right, okay. I, I, I would say. Oh my God, this is. I, I mean, mean, this is talking to a person with high standards. <laughs> I would I mean? never. I would never venture out to say anything less than a premiership is disappointing. This is the kind of stuff wow. we we think when we're in Western Australia. That's amazing. Right? This is this is this is the secret. This is blind, <laughs> arrogant faith, <laughs> and just, just settling for no less. Look, top, I mean, top four. They 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 have to expect but i think i don't that, know don't you reckon with tim kelly added to that list they would be disappointed if they weren't in here 
I mean, look, I think, yeah, I, I think they're they're as good as any side to make top four. But I'm just staggered that anyone would come <laughs> on and say anything less than a premiership well, would be a favourite. You can't, you can't fault me for lack of confidence, <laughs> lack of confidence in other. Like, that's, I can play no, literally no part in that, but then take all credit as a fan. I mean, look, Richmond. I can't see Richmond losing for that. Having having just said that, mm. how do Richmond kind of lose with that? with that list I mean they were kind of just like running on you know they were just kind of idling along weren't they for half of this year and they were like you still had the vibe that they've got this yeah. no matter what it was pandemic or you know middle of the list I mean I thought Collingwood would challenge for the next five years but that's just been just yeah. what, what I mean what very strange you, trade you, period if you <laughs> just odd choices some, <clears> really like, bizarre how things can turn around if you were going to pick years. where they'll finish this year where, where would you what what's your prediction uh, for calling for calling for next year? For, yeah, for 2021. 2021. Um, oh, look, here's the thing. If I was if I was going on all evidence, I'd say, well, there's a real chance they might not even play finals because they've been trending, you know, from the grand final they've finished lower and lower every year. But as we spoke about earlier, the culture of the club, they've been smashed in the media. Their president has announced his retirement. I wouldn't be surprised if they win the flag. Backs against yeah, the wall. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's part right, of their that, psychology. That kind of mentality. Yeah. I mean, that, I, I would think that too, if it wasn't that the issue was that it feels like those players had not been, because those players had such an issue with how they'd been communicated with, like, I'd just be really interested to see how that affects kind of everyone's sense of where they're at. Safety, and, oh yeah. yeah. And whether them as a playing group really come together as a result. And like you say, do, you know. Well, the amazing thing was the way that the players were thrown under the bus with the whole law thing. That was the bizarre of all the terrible communication that was going on with the players but also to the media is the fact that you know Nathan Buckley would come out and say that he'd lost the faith of the senior players and then the senior players come and say hang on we don't remember having that discussion he's a friend of ours like just bizarre so I think yeah. it would it'll be interesting to see what happens it'll either galvanize them or I think it you know it's gonna it's In the gonna post be a real era. yeah well thank god it's about time and thanks so much. Thanks, mate. You heard it here first. West Coast Premiers 2021. <laughs> we are two guys, one car.